0: Good morning, Ram Nation. We are back with another edition of DNBR Rams Live. I'm Justin Michael. My main man, Andre Simone, is here. We got Tiff on the board in the back. The whole squad is here. We're talking college football, We're talking Boise State on homecoming weekend, an opportunity for the Rams to make history. Uh, I'm excited to dive into the key areas of this matchup. We'll you know, kind of highlight... The areas CSU needs to improve, all that. Obviously, we'll get into our, our power rankings and, and picks. But first things first, I mean, this is kind of the start of the, the football weekend. I know we it's technically true. have Tuesday and Wednesday night college football, which is great. Don't want don't to just gloss over it's the amazing. action. But uh, how you feeling, man? Oh, Justin,
1: I can't believe we're back here doing this. This all lined up so well. Lined up so well, such... An important Saturday for the Rams to start off conference play. Delightful first quarter.
0: Loved everything I saw. Ugh. It got ugly in a hurry, man. This was a train wreck. It just got out of control from CSU, and you could feel it coming. I mean, I know it was technically tied at at halftime, but it was just one of those where you, you could feel that the tide had turned right there in the third quarter. You have an opportunity... Bam! You give up a seventy-six-yard touchdown on third and eleven, and yeah. I don't. It was ugly. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there were so many aspects of this matchup that were disheartening from the CSU perspective. Obviously, the defense was terrible. Um, you did get six sacks and f- create four turnovers, which is insane. But the pressure they brought early was outstanding. I. Th- that's
1: the thing that's so concerning, man. Aside from. What's concerning is keep talking up the talent, which I know this team has and other teams have, and then not really living up to it. But a defense like this, with the quality of that front seven, with the quality of pass rushers they have, should not be able to get blown out when they have a 17-point lead.
0: They're just too good. And yeah, I do think they got gassed. I mean, the success that you had offensively was... I mean, you had the one drive that ended with a rushing touchdown by Van Shield, but you have the Torrey Horton return for a touchdown. The passing offense never gets going. I mean, they were on the field a lot, which makes sense. And you could see, like, they were gassed in that second quarter. But I I think what was really disappointing to me was just the lack of response coming out of halftime. You know, I I mean, you're on the road. You're going up against an explosive Utah State offense. I I said going in, they're going to score on you. They're going to create plays. You know, you can't expect to win a a 13-10 game or something like that against this Utah State team. But to just get, I mean, frankly, bullied the way they did on both sides of the ball in the second half was really alarming considering we were like two weeks removed from, you know, talking somewhat realistically about CSU being in the West championship mix. Yeah. And I don't even know about bullied. Kind of out-athleted. Yeah. The vertical
1: passing game was the difference in the second and third quarter. Uh, the biggest place CSU is able to produce in the vertical passing games that that throw to the end zone to Torrey Horton, I'll take Tori in a one on one deep any day of the week. It's a pick. And I mean, you probably ice the game right there. Right. That's it's a That could have been an early dagger where you're up 24 zip. It's kind of like, what are these guys going to do instead? No, it's a huge pick for them. And then after throwing some interceptions, they start to hit those vertical bombs and that snowballed like crazy, man. And it's something we've talked about a lot. Is generating big plays. I think that's fundamental for this offense. It's huge. And there just weren't enough. And then once the ver- and we've seen this with the Rams, right? Once the vertical passing game gets going, then the run game starts going. Then mm-hmm. the screen game. Then Dalton Hol- Holker gets unlocked. Well, shit! They started to gash him like crazy. I couldn't believe that run D, man. I could not believe it. How good this defense is. You know, this baseball, we always talk about the spine of a team, right? Your catcher, your shortstop, your center fielder. I feel like the spine of this team, on paper, I felt really good about it. Games like this make me feel really bad about it.
0: I think it's important to note that, I mean, obviously it's one game. A lot of their issues are, are you have a larger sample size. I mean, these are persistent problems, but I just mean the way in which they were embarrassed, the way in which the offense was dominated. That had not been the case these last couple weeks. It it felt a lot like that Washington state game on both sides. Um, a little bit really just ugly
1: by far the most rattled we've seen BFN. uh, He didn't
0: have it, man. It was a really bad game for him. Like he, he made some bad decisions. Um, he missed throws all night and he does have some things mechanically that he needs to clean up just in terms of, I think there have been some throws at times this year where He's kind of been bailed out by how good, you know, Torrey and and Dallin are at adjusting to the football. And without Torrey, you know, for the entirety of that second half, you just really felt it compound. Like they couldn't get the run game going. They didn't have their number one receiver. Uh, He didn't develop anything, you know, with any of those other younger guys as the game went on. You know, hope a a Justice Ross Simmons, a Lewis Brown, somebody Mm -hmm. like that can get it going. Unfortunately, none of those guys were able to step up. But, I mean, yeah, Brayden was bad in this the, game. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, like, change how you feel uh, about his ceiling. He's a redshirt freshman. He's got less than course, six career starts. But, I mean, he was he was missing all over the place. And he's got to clean up the turnovers because right now, he, you know, he's, he's turning it over at one of the highest rates in the country. Yeah. Um, and yet, fourth quarter, when they say,
1: look, we got to kind of let it loose and try to get back in this, dime to Holker deep out, right? on oh, score was seven, And then he hits Holker over the middle again. And if you don't get that fumble, all of a sudden that you could be talking about a touchdown game where you kind of reverse momentum. It's and just one knows? of those nights. I mean, you brought it up is. the interception where
0: Ike Larson makes an incredible play on the ball. I mean, credit to him. Maybe it's slightly underthrown if you get like another foot on it. He's not able to make that play. Torrey yeah. hauls it in, but still... In it's
1: retrospect, a, you like that on the outside yeah. shoulder, but like, yeah, no shit. It's a That's play, why we're yeah. not playing quarterback at D one, and we're not throwing forty yard bombs. Well, like it's, it's not easy madden. to be like, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, sit in the pocket, uh, face the pressure, wait for the exact timing, and then perfect forty two yard dime on the outside shoulder. Yeah, no, easier said
0: than done. Yeah, and frankly, I mean, it's a play Tory makes nine point nine nine times out of ten. Absolutely, the, the man. one instance in which you know the a really great player and Ike Larson. who's the defensive player of the week for the conference for a reason. He had two picks on this one, but I mean, it was just one of those nights and you get down in the red zone, you fumble instead of, you know, getting it within one score. That's basically lights out game over. Um, but I, I think, I think moving forward, cause that's, you know, kind of what we're going to focus on here is this game, the next month, the areas that the Rams need to clean up, you gotta see, Some consistency from this team. They've yet to play a four-quarter game where you felt really good about how both sides played for all four quarters. No doubt. And you're going into a a really important stretch here. I mean, you got Boise State, UNLV, Air Force, and Wyoming. You're going to be dogs in all four of those games. If you go 0 and 4, you're going to miss the postseason. You have to find a way to steal one. I mean, if you could find a way to go 2 and 2, that'd be huge before you end the season with three very winnable games in San Diego State, Nevada, and Hawaii. Give yourself a little bit of breathing room, but this team is too good to not at least go 500 with the talent that they have. thousand percent,
1: and we got to remember these are college kids. We got to remember while it's easy, I mean, especially doing this, right, a weekly podcast, you on on the daily side to buy into the narratives and it's all, you know, everything's upside down and everything's right side up after a win. Uh, there's shades of gray in life. You can bounce right back against Boise. This is a perfect spot to bounce right back. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about identity right now. Their identity part of it is a sloppy undisciplined football team. That's getting too many penalties. That's not coming up clutch enough on um, big third downs um defensively in the red zone offensively um you know these are stats j mike gave me be- before the the show went on air so i'm not trying to poach or take credit you know um and you feel it and yeah. you you were telling me the stat that the defense is on the field more this season than they were last year unfathomable with with how much more successful the offense has been but you feel it and um i forget who on one of the comments just above was saying I was right about the got athleted. Let me give a little more context to that. CSU got athleted not like oh wow they have more talent. They particularly got outrun. They they the opponent had more speed. Yeah. And it CSU's starting to feel like one of those blue bloods who has the bigger, stronger, faster athletes and is getting their ass kicked by a Texas Tech, by a Washington State who's like, yeah, you can recruit better athletes, better, stronger, faster, but we're just going to line up wide and give you more speed. And two years into the Jay Norvell experience, I didn't think that's how I would be feeling, you know? I thought Jay was going to bring that to the big dogs of the conference and kind of show you, hey, with resources and buy-in, this is what you can do when you use my scheme.
0: And we're not quite there. Um, I think it's a good reminder that, I mean, you're basic, you're two recruiting classes in, but you're basically one recruiting class in because you won, your first class won, was brother. to field a team of 22 players, yeah. not to build your roster, not to, you know, anything to literally, we need bodies for these 12 games. And it was evident that that's how things went last year. You sign 50 guys this off You're not going to hit on all of them. Mm-hmm. You're not. Mm hmm. And I think the disparity in depth, you know, is starting to play through. Yes, you have yeah. more bodies in the building than you had last year, and you like a lot of these young guys Bingo. that are coming, but you're you're really exposed in these instances where your first string defense has been on the field for a quarter and a half, and now you're having to rotate some of these guys in, and, the you know, the depth isn't quite there. We're seeing it on offense as well. Some of these guys, you know, once you get past the top couple receivers, you know, they don't have you know, five, six veterans that they trust Mm -hmm. just yet. And it's going to take time to build this. It's going to take a couple of recruiting classes to really get to a spot where you feel great about the entirety of the roster top to bottom. But I mean, it it is alarming and and they're just very, very dependent on their top guys right now. And that's a tough spot, especially given, you know, Mo Kamara, Torrey Horton, basically both day-to-day questionable, I guess, going in. Yeah. And I mean, Moby now in overtime on the showdown. How big of a difference is that? You felt it that first half as yeah. well against middle Tennessee state. Like they ran the ball for two right. more yards of pop. That's when they're able to, you know, get Vadiato out of, uh, you know, the pocket and create some plays downfield. <laughs> That's like,
1: exactly. Right.
0: Right now they are very dependent on Torrey and Mo being the best players in the conference, which I right. think they are respectively, but they just, they need more. They need more consistency. And uh, there are just a lot of little areas they need to clean up, which we're going to get into. But real quick, do want to shout out our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know that we love Breck Brew. And that's because it comes down to their quality product, man. They've been doing it for 33 years. Great depth at
1: Breck Brew. Great
0: depth. Elite depth, some would say. Like Golden State Warriors peak. uh, (laughs) Miami with LeBron and D-Wade. That is what Breck Brew does.
1: Incredible. Well,
0: I got to avoid... I mean. What are we gonna? I guess I could go Elway and TD. I got the there TD go. jersey on. Eagles defensive line. Eagles D line's yeah. another great one. Georgia these past couple years. When the Rams were wide receiver, you at wide receiver. That's the kind of
1: depth they've built up their recruiting classes <laughs> over the years at Breck Brew. That's what we're trying to say.
0: Anyways, Breck Brew, they're the bees knees. I love them. Dre loves them. You're gonna love them. Check out the beer of the month, which is the Broncos Country, a hoppy ale. It's really, really yummy. Uh, they recently redid the recipe. It's got a dope can. They've got great merch. Check out the Breck Farmhouse in Littleton and check out the Breck beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. Do it. Also, the NFL season, it's going. Um, it's happening. There is football being played. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook, they're hooking new customers up with an offer that's just the tits. Uh, bet five bucks on any game, score $200 instantly in bonus bets. Uh, sorry for saying that. I don't know why I did. Well, uh, DraftKings isn't stopping <laughs> there. Um, all customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. You know, maybe you want to boost Travis Kelsey. Anytime touchdown with Taylor Swifts, you know, being in there, you might as well benefit monetarily. I mean, we hadn't beat this team in close to a decade. My entire family's from Kansas. I'm getting hit up about it left and right. Uh, I'm going to find a way to make the best out of this situation. And DraftKings always makes that possible. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet five on the NFL. With that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 1-800-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Sorry, Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gambling resources.
1: Woo. Woo! Good stuff.
0: All right, let's turn the page. Utah State's in the past. It was ugly. Thank goodness. It was horrific. It was everything you want to describe it, whatever word. But... um. You have an opportunity here, you know, to make history on homecoming. CSU obviously has never beaten Boise State 0 12 since they joined the league in 2011. Yeah. Uh, that said, the games tend to be a hell of a lot closer in Fort Collins. Boise's average margin of victory in FOCO, about a touchdown, seven and a half points. It's 32 and a half points in Boise. It's greatly wow. influenced by two just insane blowouts that happened in Boise. But. The Rams have been in it basically going back the last decade when the game's in Fort Collins. You have a big opportunity here. Uh, you're coming off of a game in which you blew a 17-0 lead. Yep. Boise, on the other hand, coming back. Uh, they came back from 17-0 against San Jose State, a team that continues to underwhelm. My goodness. I, I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for optimism, is this an instance where all the pressure is on Boise State? I mean, they're 2-0 and in the league. So if you win this, you're basically in the driver's seat Uh, for you're at least in the mix for the mountain West championship, air force still in a great spot. Wyoming, we'll see what happens in that game this weekend. Uh, But I mean, if you're the Rams, if you fall, if you lose this one, all of a sudden, I mean, your, your margin for, for air is just so slim when it comes to reaching the postseason.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I mean, once we got the power five opponents out the way, this season really did line up to like, there's some, 50-50 games, and there's some kind of must-wins, and this is one of those huge 50-50 games that is going to swing your season. From an outside perspective, if this was a game for a team that I'm not on a weekly podcast about, this would be the perfect spot to take a home dog like the Rams. Perfect. Boise coming off a huge win like that, comeback fashion, They're high on themselves. They finally feel like they have some momentum. Everyone's willing to overlook their faults that we have discussed for a month this year. They are not the Boise of years past. They still haven't figured out their quarterback situation. I'm not sure the defense is at the standards of year past and the skill positions is up to snuff outside of their running game. CSU coming off a heartbreaker, devastating loss one that is just a funky, weird ass game on the road, and they lost to a team that's built far different from Boise. It's a perfect spot at home. Homecoming, you say? Homecoming should be a good crowd. It lines up perfectly, perfectly.
0: Now, Mo and Tori being able to play in this game, obviously huge. If you don't have both of them. Your odds of winning very slim. Um yeah. I think especially Mo, you need him on that defensive side. And Torrey's 1, and that's that's 1, you know, not a shot at Tori or anything like that. I just think they're so dependent on yeah. Mo generating pressure.
1: Yeah, no, I mean you're picking between LA and TD. They're both like essential, but yeah, I think you can maybe overcome Tory being out just a smidge more because of that depth that wide receiver. And look, BFN's gonna have to ball out. What you were saying about the depth when we ended the first segment is exactly right. Well, you're not going to be able to overcome those depth issues if your quarterback's playing a terrible game.
0: No, and that's, yeah, he's got to be the guy that we saw for those couple of weeks. He's got to elevate this team, Yeah, you know, find a way to pull it out like they did against Middle Tennessee, They like they should have against CU, but I have a couple of things we're going to dive into here neither of these teams have been very good on defense Boise number 112 in team defense in the country CSU Crazy. 128 uh that's out of 130 guys so that's that's not good um Boise <laughs> t- currently allows more yards per play but the Rams allow more yards per game which makes sense given that CSU is just getting torched on these explosive plays right so that that's you know the big area to watch for me i think is those explosive plays you you're doing a decent job defensively for the most part on first and second down like it it feels like the run defense is solid it's when they're they're getting gashed on these like third and eights and second and nines and stuff like that and it just it doesn't make sense to me
1: well does feel like the second and third level the back seven is not doing a great job tackling against the run once um once these runs are able to break through you know yeah That's where um, things are breaking down. That's where you're seeing bad angles being taken, tackles being missed, what have you, and really big gains turning into massive gains and kind of exasperating from there. Again, a lot of it comes down to kind of the spine of your defense. I I thought we expected a bit more here.
0: We did. I mean, there are guys that stepped up in that secondary, especially at safety, that played really well last year, and, you know, they've regressed a little bit. and That doesn't mean that they're always going to regress. It doesn't mean it's going to be like this all season, but I mean, those guys have got to step it up or we're going to see more freshmen on the field. We already saw a lot of TJ Crandall this past week, had his first career interception and his first career start. Love that. He's a great athlete out of Washington. I see Jalen Gardner, I think in the back end, Mm -hmm. track star out of Texas. I mean, yeah. Especially if they keep getting burned over the top, like you, you can't just keep you doing the it. same thing and, mm-hmm. and rolling some of these same guys out for the majority of the game and expect things to go different because we have too big of a sample size at this point. No, a hundred percent. And that team speed on the back end is essential right now. It's huge. It's huge. Um, another area, obviously third down both ways. I mean, this past week you weren't able to do much of anything on third down on offense that had been a strength for the Rams going in, so you hope that that was kind of an anomaly. But defensively, I mean, CSU ranks 119th in third down defense, allowing teams to convert about 46% of the time. I mean, that's almost 50-50. It's really yeah. hard to, to make a living that way, especially when you're giving up 70, 50-yard passes on third down.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh, the The secondary needs to figure some things out.
0: Encouraging thing, Boise State, I mean, they're 84th in third down defense. So you have an opportunity, at least on paper, as, as, you know, Boise State's secondary. They've they've really struggled as well. Going to be kind of interesting. Both of these teams' deficiencies defensively feel uh, very similar. Yeah, it's not a drop back
1: passing team that's going to kill you on third and medium, third
0: and long. They shouldn't, but they I mean, shouldn't. I, I didn't think from Cooper Legault was going to pick them apart either. That's I mean, exactly I said right. going into that matchup. I basically dared Utah state to prove they can. And not only did they do that, they did it all night long. Congrats, Cooper Legos. I got to eat some, some crow on that. Yeah. And I mean, guys like Taylor green
1: are pretty stinking talented, even if they haven't played well yet. Oh yeah.
0: And what do you think on this? We got a comment from Joey B. Uh, Take the over at 60 and a half, 35, 30 type of game.
1: Justin just told you the, uh, these defenses aren't defenses. So yeah, yeah. I think that's the play. I think there's a n- more than enough talent at the skill positions to um, to take the over here, and just assume this is going to be a bit of a shootout.
0: I'm right there with you, uh, man. This ain't a Philip Lindsay jersey. This is TD. Not round here, partner. <laughs> Not round here. Um, turnovers and penalties. You you alluded to this earlier. It's the sloppy, undisciplined areas that it's really, really frustrate me. you. Like you can live. With the occasional penalty effort penalty, you know, maybe you hit a guy borderline a little too far, hit on the quarterbacks, or obviously, I mean, as long as you're not like trying to kill a guy, sometimes yeah. you can take some ticky tacky ones there. But the procedural errors, the false starts, you know, that's the stuff that's really frustrating. Um, it, it's been a major factor in in all their losses so far this season. Oh. If you were going to make history, if you're gonna pull the upset, you can't beat yourself with turnovers and penalties.
1: Yeah, you really have to clean that stuff up. That's that's a must. I mean, you want to you want to be a team like Boise, one of the standard bears for the conference over the past decade and a half plus. You do it by playing the right way, by being more disciplined than them. That's I mean, yeah. you want to be at the level of Wyoming and Air Force. It's a small stuff like that. It's not the big stuff. It's not finding more talent. It's not having a more creative scheme. It's the small stuff that's it's execution, right exactly. Absolutely, you know? and
0: that's what's been really frustrating. And, um, the last one I'm going to throw out here is red zone efficiency you need touchdowns, not field goals, which CSU has done a, a good job of. Yeah, you know, but the problem is they've only scored on 12 of 19 trips. Now, nine of those scores are touchdowns, which is great because for a couple of years they kept settling for these 22 yard field goals, and that's right. just back breaking, mm-hmm. but they've had. A couple of turnovers on downs, a couple of interceptions, a couple of fumbles. I mean, those are backbreaking, especially when you're moving the football well. And that's, you know, kind of how you allow a team like Boise State to stay in it. Watching that San Jose State Boise State game last week, San Jose State, they're up 14-0. Back-to-back red zone opportunities. They have to settle for field goals. They'll only get to 20. If you can get to 28 there in the first half, that's probably the dagger. It's probably game over. Mm -hmm. And Utah State a great example. Like you're up 17-0, can you get that dagger touchdown to Torrey Horton? No. You got to take advantage when when there's opportunities to put points on the board.
1: Hundred percent. The other side of the red zone coin is you can save yourself having to face red zone situations if you can pull off a few big plays, a few long bombs you know, another return, a pick six, a scoop and score, that kind of stuff is going to make a huge difference in putting touchdowns on the board without ever having to even enter the red zone.
0: And the, I mean, the one silver lining about CSU is they've done a good job. Like they've forced turnovers on defense. They've returned a kick and a punt for a touchdown, which I got right in my preseason prediction. am going to give myself a little pat on the back there. Know. They're not all going to be right, but I, I did get a couple of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you have the fake field goal for a touchdown where you execute, like they, the fake punt as well. Like they've been able to do some, some impressive things, some things that should help you increase your margins. You know, increase your opportunity to win. But you're killing yourself by turning the ball over and by committing penalties. So you're offsetting. It's you know the one step forward, two steps back scenario.
1: Yeah, actually, perfect game to have another trick, trick play. Oh yeah, it's
0: you got to pull out all the stops, man. Also, dude
1: not to take us back to segment one, that toss on third and six felt like one of the real backbreakers. You know, Rams Mm -hmm. are facing third and six toss outside and you know, like doesn't go anywhere. Such a terrible play just does. It felt like they were going against their identity. I hated (sighs) that so much.
0: I don't want like I didn't have an opportunity to ask Jay about this this week. So like I want to be fair, you know, and I would have asked about this, but it did feel like they kind of put the training wheels back on, which is one of the things they talked about after Washington state got a little too conservative. It felt like they were like, Oh, we're not running the ball. Tori's not here. Let's, you know, try and get cute. And then it just, it put Braden in a tough spot he's out there trying to, you know, make plays by himself. And that's when you put your young QB in a, in a bad spot. I do think part of it is, you know, Utah state they threw a lot of zone at us, which Braden had just been carving up man for a couple of weeks. So it makes sense. You know, they're, they're, Right. Going back to the baseball thing, you know, once people start to see your your breaking ball after a couple of opportunities, you know, yeah. they're gonna make some adjustments. But it's just a great game at home, an opportunity where nobody's gonna give you any chance in the world to win to come out and punch back. Like I like that the Rams have a lot to play for in this one.
1: They do, man. And it's uh I mean, it's just like any year trying to beat Boise, it's one of the goals. Should be.
0: I mean, they're the class of the league. They're the face Mm -hmm. of Mountain West football, Mm -hmm. and they are for a reason. Uh, We're going to get into the league slate here in just a second, give our updated power rankings and picks, but just a couple guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Ashton Gentry, best running back in the Mountain West, one of the best running backs in the country. I mean, this guy is a stud, went for 175, I believe, this past weekend. Did have a couple fumbles, so that's something to Mm -hmm. keep an eye on. He's a home run hitter. Yeah. If you are not disciplined, if you are missing tackles, he is a guy that can single handedly beat you. Um, It reminds me back in, I want to say like 2013, they had Jay Ajayi with Boise State and he ran for like five touchdowns against CSU. Genty is that type of talent. Like he can take over a game individually. 210 pounds of muscle on a 5'8, 5'9 frame.
1: Those are just. With that kind of game breaking speed, those are really tough dudes to tackle. Some P5 space. schools
0: yeah. missed out on that, yeah, dude. For sure. Uh Eric McAllister, their biggest receiving threat, big bodied guy, had a huge touchdown down the sideline. That kind of sparked their comeback last week. Um, that's you know, really the the two biggest guys you have to look at. Um, but I mean, those are guys that can really change the game in a hurry, especially, you know, third down, you gotta look out for McAllister and janty is just the, the bread and butter you know if you can force them to to be in third and long mm-hmm. prove that madson and uh you know green can beat you as passers consistently then you can kind of live with that hopefully you're not getting torched the way that you were yeah. a week ago i'd like to see more of a bend don't break approach you know give mm-hmm. up the eight yard completion but come up and make the tackle make them continue to execute all the way down the field it feels like at times there may be going for glory, especially after you get those two picks early on, and you're being a little too aggressive at times, and it, yeah. it's costing you. It's
1: kind of been both ways, too, like yeah. both sides of the ball, I think, finding this. Take spots. those crossers, uh-huh. you know,
0: when, yeah. especially when yeah. they're there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, th- but that's all part of finding the balance with this team in general. You know? And
0: they're a young group, yeah. and we're seeing it. And yeah. on top of that, and this is a great point that Kevin Lytle made when I was on a Ram Nation pod earlier this week for a roundtable discussion. There are like so few guys on this roster that have experienced any type of success yep. at the collegiate level. Yep. Nobody from CSU. And you have like Tori Horton, who is a part of a, a good Nevada team at the end, and Jacob Gardner. Outside of him, it's like you have a bunch of freshmen guys that have never done it at this level. Kobe Johnson. That's a good point. North Dakota State. Um, right you know you got three north dakota state transfers kobe johnson dom jones and tony pierce those guys all won but i mean you are coming up a level i just think that we're seeing that inexperience with their inconsistencies with their inability to close games maybe feeling themselves a little too early at times Um, those are all things that you kind of have to to work through and uh, as much as we want the the turnaround to happen and it felt like it was starting to get there. It's also a nope. good reminder that you don't go from a losing program, a program that's been a disaster for a half decade plus to the class of the league overnight. It's it takes a couple years and you have those moments where you were, Oh, that game got away from me and you hope that as time goes on, you fix those things and you stop doing it. But it's kind of a roller coaster with this team right now. Yeah. And there's these insane dips, but there's also been highs mm-hmm. and I just want people to remember that As bad as this last weekend was, that does not change the improvement you've seen. The O line and pass pro—it's night and day. Like you've been able to create an offense that's dangerous. No, you didn't do it last week, but as a whole, this team is a hell of a lot more fun to watch. I just hope that they come out and kind of remind everyone of that this weekend. You know, give everybody some excitement for that second half of the year.
1: Play up to your talent, man, and don't cheat yourself. Eliminate. Don't beat yourself. Like even in a losing
0: effort. I think you could show a lot in this game. Absolutely. But you need Absolutely. to clean up some stuff. Uh, you've got to be more consistent. You've got to stop beating yourself. We're going to get into this weekend slate, but do got to shout out Foco, a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They are the best for all fandoms. Uh, you can get some of the coolest bobbleheads. I really love their bobbleheads. Yeah. They always have our back for Colorado sports. They're going to have yours too. You can check out the link in our podcast description or for non-presale items. Just use that code DNVR and get 10% off your order. Also, a uh, shout out to Bacchus and Shanker. Bacchus and Shanker are here for Colorado families. When you get hurt, they're here to help. Um, no, no money until they win your case. That's awesome. No yeah. upfront fees or, or any mystery fees or anything like that. They've already won over a billion dollars for their clients, and they have offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins serving all of Colorado. They have the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222 2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. Shout out to everybody in the comment section. I uh, really appreciate you guys for tuning in with yeah, me on us the morning. Lights. Come on, baby. Rack them up. Uh, we got a question time. here from Ragnar. I'll answer um, every other DMVR podcast. You wear team swag, but not for the Rams. What's that say? What do you? I have more CSU gear than anybody. I know my guy. I, just a weird comment. I don't well, understand that got one. The
1: helmet. I'm sure you've got Rams gear underneath that. <laughs>
0: The Broncos. I just went with the
1: generic DMVR and the uh, Spirit Hound Colorado hat. But yeah, we've got plenty of Rams gear. We rock it all the time. Jay Norvell signed helmets on the show often. Check it out. Jay Mike's got our sticker on there and a
0: DMVR locker. All the best Rams gear in town. It's a weird comment, man. Come Um. on. Let's get into the <laughs> power rankings, which there's a lot of movement because now all the Mountain West teams have have played. I feel like we have a decent idea of what these teams are like. So we'll start at the bottom, we'll work our way up, and then we'll get into our picks for Week Seven. Uh, starting at the bottom, they're maybe the worst team in the FBS. Uh, Nevada have yet to win a game this season. We'll see. They've got, I mean, you big rivalry tough. game against UNLV this weekend. UNLV looks really tough, but. I just put in my notes. There's always next year.
1: There's always next year. CSU a big part of why this team
0: ranks so lowly. You know they're going to be up for that game against CSU. I'll say that they're going to play hard. Yeah. Uh,
1: that one and the UNLV game this week are going to be really interesting.
0: Can be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, at eleven, Hawaii. <laughs> Sorry. Look, the defense is a is a disaster, but the uh, the island, man. The island is always going to be interesting. I will go to San Jose State at ten. Just continue to disappoint. I mean, they they've got one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league, and Chevin Cordero. They've got talent at the receiver position. Disastrous, uh, bro. But just a disaster, especially on the defensive side. Could you imagine covering them? It'd be like, tough. As man. rough
1: as it's been with the Rams. That's well,
0: and they have played a really hard schedule, so it's one of those instances where like you understand the position they're in, but it doesn't make it feel any better, especially given the preseason projections and whatnot. Um, anyways, a nine, this one may be controversial. San Diego State, I am jumping them and going New Mexico at eight. I, I just think that New Mexico, they have a real offense. They run the ball. You got Dylan Hopkins. I think they're a tougher team right now, and I think San Diego State is kind of, Hanging on to its last thread here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, crazy to think that's where San Diego State is, but, I mean, disastrous season.
0: Preseason prediction was that Brady Ho gets fired. We shall see attendance as a disaster. They've got guys uh, leaving midseason. It's tough. Um, CSU at number seven. They are down from four the week before. Uh, I mean, you had to drop them they can't be above Utah state after what we saw this weekend. I I, I don't see how you justify having them over Boise or UNLV. So uh, they're, they've dropped to uh, their lowest point of the season, unfortunately at number seven, but they have an opportunity here to respond these next couple of weeks.
1: After a week like that, they're fully in the San Diego state, San Jose state tier, you know, of like,
0: yeah, should be better than this, but, right now you're not. So what at some point, expect? the results have to matter. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, that's why we've got CSU at seven, Utah state at six fluky. Maybe they've come back from 20 zero from 17 zero, but they're one of the most explosive offenses in the country. They have a ton of success on first down and they got a lot of speed at receiver and they're making good use of it. I mean, it's uh it's kind of been a fun team. They're fun to watch, yeah. man. I, I'd, I'd love to watch more Utah state. Uh, yeah. UNLV at five. The the rebels have everybody's attention. Comment here: five and zero against the spread from Jacob Russell. You know, good teams cover. So, that- good teams cover. They've definitely exceeded
1: expectations. This top five is some really cool, fun stories in uh, all of college football, and UNLV might be one of the funner ones, as you said. Everyone's attention now. Uh, an impressive turnover, turnaround over the last few years of that. Really program, impressive.
0: Man. I mean, I was a little surprised they moved on from Marcus Arroyo because it kind of felt like they were close. You know, they had blown some games, but they were close. Barry Odom comes in; he's doing a great job of taking advantage of some of that talent. They had a big influx via the portal as well, but they run the ball. They've got a great defensive line. They have an identity. It's a good way to play, yeah. and uh, they don't beat themselves. They're much more disciplined than than CSU, which is which is big. Uh, I got Boise State at four. They might be finding their stride, and that's the one thing that I've talked about in our Discord with DNVR members. By the way, always great time to become a DNVR member. Uh, we've got an active bunch of college football fans of, from throughout the Mountain West. CSU, Boise State, a Wyoming, Air Force, everybody's represented pretty well.
1: Yeah, Broncos country comes in the chat and represented by a lot of those Mountain West states, no doubt.
0: It's cool. It's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but one of the things I've been jilling about Boise State is are they the same team? No, but they're still going to be in the mix when it's all said and done because they have an identity. They run the ball, and if you win this game, you're 3-0 and with a pretty good chance to be in the mix. I mean, they've got some tough games coming up, but Fresno's got some, some tough games. They're injured as well at quarterback now. We'll see what happens there. Wyoming and Air Force play each other this weekend, so somebody's taking an L there. I mean, Boise, if they won, could be sitting there at 3-0 and in the Mountain West and basically in great position to win yet another title.
1: Reminding us they're still one of the class of the conference, and uh, yeah, especially in Boise, never easy to go and beat them on the blue field.
0: Never easy. Uh, Fresno State at 3. They mm. fall after dropping a game in Wyoming. Really tough spot. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, But this is more a projection of how I kind of view them going forward. They've struggled a little bit, despite the fact that their defensive numbers being really good, teams have kind of been able to run the ball on them a little bit of late. Um, And and Mikey Keene and Lavelle Bailey, two of their best players both dealing with injuries, looking like Mikey Keene, the quarterback's going to miss this weekend. Uh, So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they can kind of sustain this really impressive start, especially given how much talent they lost from that championship team last year. They'll have a chance to redeem
1: themselves against Air Force and Boise. I mean, I think that top four is really going to be jostling and going to kind of have to duke it out. Uh, Wyoming, though, with a huge, huge win, man. Like, massive. And that's why they're your number two
0: team. They're tough as hell. And yeah, I think there's an argument you could put that they deserve to be one. And I would understand that, especially at, you beat Fresno. That's maybe the best this mountain week, west win. Honestly,
1: they did, maybe they did deserve it.
0: Yeah, I just think Air Force is better. Uh huh. And so I'm sticking to my guns on it. Air Force is nine and a half point favorites this weekend against Wyoming, which feels high, Holy but I do think God. the I mean, book is is kind of telling you, a you a something.
1: Yep, that tells you a lot. Path for Wyoming is something we should always kind of study as a Colorado State fans. Maybe CSU is in their Josh Allen phase right now. More top-heavy. You know, obviously, there's not a Josh Allen necessarily on this I get roster. what you're saying, though. Uh, more top-heavy, lacking in depth. A little more, you know, from one week to the next. You never know what you expect.
0: Tiff, will you just put Air Force on that one? Yeah. I, yeah. um, They're number two in the FBS in total defense. Have they played anybody great at this point? No, but they are absolutely kicking the shit out of everyone that they play offensively. They're executing at a really impressive level, much like Fresno state, very, very impressive coaching job by Calhoun that they've been able to continue to sustain this despite losing basically your entire offensive production, but also, and we've said this time and time again, Good reminder that if Air Force returns the majority of their starting offensive line, take their over because they're going to be fine.
1: No kidding. And I mean, we can say they haven't played anybody, but really the opponents they've played, they've made look like nobodies Utah state, San Jose state, San Diego state. We know there's talent on all three squads, absolutely annihilated by the Falcons, um, with San Jose state even being on the road. So this is a huge barometer game at with hosting Wyoming. And then, uh, you know, Navy Air Force sandwiched in between CSU. It's going to be a really interesting Air, yeah. stretch for the Falcons.
0: Air Force is, its I mean, just basically nothing but rivalry games for a month <laughs> yeah. straight. Yeah. It's crazy. Which is brutal, but Not it's bad. going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, yep. That's my Mountain West Power Rankings for the week. You know, tell me where I'm right. Tell me where I'm wrong. I appreciate the engagement. Let's get into our picks for the weekend. We only had three games last weekend. Back to a more normal slate. Yuck. Starting with Friday night. Fresno State, four-point favorites at Utah State. No Mikey Keene. Give me Utah State at home. Give me the home dog. Yeah,
1: that sounds smart on a Friday. You never know. Um, This is a classic, though. Feeling too high on yourself, Utah State. Feeling too low on yourself, Fresno State. Fresno takes care of business. Covers the four.
0: I like it. Starting with some disparity. Always good. UNLV. Nine and a half point favorites at Nevada.
1: Nevada Derby, we'd call this in, a, or Derby, we'd call this in a
0: soccer terms. I like. It. I think it's the battle for the Red Cannon or something like that. Um, normally, I would be much more worried about the context of a rivalry yep. matchup. Yep. I it wouldn't shock me if you see Nevada play hard in this one. They've they have battled hard and some, some losses these past couple weeks. Have been a little bit more respectable. Uh, that said, I think the the difference in talent is just too significant in this one. Uh, give me UNLV to, to win by double digits.
1: 100%. You look at it, you know, you, they just dropped us from space. Oh, rivalry game. It's too high. Dog. No, you follow these two programs this season. Give us UNLV over nine and a half to cover that.
0: Going to Albuquerque, New Mexico, eight-point home dogs against San Jose State. This is the hardest game, I think, in, in my opinion. Yikes. It's probably a kitchen sink game if you're San Jose State. You're sitting there at 1 and 5. You still yeah. have an outside chance of making a bowl just given that their schedule is very much front loaded. They still yeah. got some tough games left. Um
1: yeah, that schedule's not easy. You want to know
0: what? I have bought into what New Mexico has done offensively. Give me the home dogs to cover. Man, that's
1: probably smart cuz objectively you shouldn't be laying 8 points on San Jose State. There's just like nothing they're a disaster defensively a smart move yet they're kind of begging you to do it give me san jose state
0: it really would not be surprising if like san jose state won this by 20 and just got that like get right performance i'm feeling a little too high on mexico i I could very much see it margins Um, it's just
1: like yeah that offense could get rolling and all of a sudden double digit lead seems like nothing
0: yep i also just I don't know if San Jose State can stop New Mexico either, so maybe take the over. Uh, Wyoming, 10.5-point dogs Ugh. at Air Force. To me, this Bull. is the
1: toughest of the any spread this
0: week. Yeah, I was going to say. I might have, might have spoke a little too soon.
1: <laughs> it's tough, man.
0: Craig Bull has a winning record against Air Force, a losing record against New Mexico, which makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but they, I mean... At Air Force, where LaCroix... is
1: huge. ...60-40.
0: Could be revenge factor. Wyoming played a, a big role in killing Air Force's Mountain West Championships hopes last year.
1: Wyoming coming off a big, big win at home. How high are them? While you know, Air Force is studying up on this. They're coming off a bye last yep. week. Rested and prepared, which is why I think the book is so
0: all in on Air Force. I have so much respect for both Calhoun and Bull that I'm so torn on this. Um, I could see this. I really could see this go anyway, which is a cop out, but give me Wyoming to cover. I do think Air Force wins, uh, but I think this Wyoming defense is tough enough. I think they'll defend the option well enough. Where I'm concerned is does Air Force beat them with the passing game, which is funny to say, but a Wyoming like CSU like some of the Boise has had some lapses in pass coverage.
1: Basically impossible, but I'm, I'm going with the simp pick, the public pick. Give me Wyoming plus 10 and a half. It's just too big a spread for what I think are fairly evenly matched teams.
0: I would say uh, Wyoming money line, we're sprinkling plus 310. That's really good value yeah, for yeah. a matchup. They should be it's a competitive. Good call, in. man.
1: it's a good call.
0: Boise State, seven and a half point favorites over CSU in Fort Collins, seven and a half, the average margin of victory for Boise when they played here, so well set by Vegas. Where are you at? Okay,
1: so anytime I cover the Rams against the spread, it doesn't happen. And you remember Middle Tennessee, I purposely picked against what
0: I thought. Ooh, I like it. The reverse jinx. that worked.
1: That worked. So we're going to go reverse jinx the rest of the year. Um, So officially, I'm picking Boise State. Put my face on the Boise State side. But
0: he's winking at you. Yes. But... We can't say it out loud. In
1: reality, perfect spot. Boise coming off a big win. Rams coming off a big loss. You know, game of opposites. No, you can't get too high or too low. They're college kids. They're going to bounce back. They're riding that roller coaster. They don't want to be embarrassed. That means a lot to make history. They're back at home. They want to regain some damn respect, man. They enjoyed winning two games. They enjoyed feeling that home crowd and the love. They want to get back to that. They're covering this. And sprinkling plus 240 on the money line Yeah, not even as crazy as that. uh, as crazy as the Wyoming money line is something I may or may not be doing, but officially, Boise State to cover seven and a half on the road.
0: I'm gonna rock with the Rams. Um, I I got asked the other day if CSU will beat Boise State on Ram Nation. I said no. All year I've come in feeling like this was the most beatable that Boise State has been.
1: Don't steer too far from home, Justin. Don't overreact to last week when everything we've been
0: saying all year is still rings true. I'm I'm gonna contradict myself from earlier this week. I'm I'm taking CSU to cover. Let's go. I'm gonna get bold. CSU is gonna win this game. They're gonna beat Boise State for the first time in program history. Let's. Why? Because college football is the dumbest sport of all time. Um, it, it wouldn't even shock me greatest, if like they beat actually. Boise and then like lost to UNLV by double digits or yes. something just because college yes. football is that stupid, yes. that erratic. But on homecoming, he means amazing oh, and beautiful when <laughs> that's exactly what it's why I love it, because it's stupid. It's yes. my stupid yes. sport. It is. And if you can't take the stupidness of it, if you can't take how wonky and wild it is, college football's not for you, man. Yeah, it, no, you're not. It's a roller coaster. It. Yeah. It, it's fun. You're high at other points. You take dips, you feel nauseous at some moments, but you still keep signing up for it week after week. Give me the Rams bounce back game. Yes, I, I lean optimistic. It's it's no you know, it's it's no secret that I try to be optimistic until you can't. I don't think this team is who we saw last week. Consistent I don't think they're a Mountain West me. championship team like I hoped for, but I do think that they are at <laughs> least a bowl team and I think at home this is a great opportunity feels very similar to going into Boulder where nobody in the world is going to give you an opportunity. They're going to come lane, out lane. with a chip on their shoulder. And uh, I like the Rams to, to pull the upset. Did I, I should have said it earlier. I shouldn't have, have gone back on myself, but uh, we're rocking Show with it. You. Green and gold. Boise's not a state. Uh, give me the Rams, Extreme baby facts, San Diego state. We're going to wrap up six point favorites at Hawaii. I hate everything about this game. I hate everything about this line from a betting perspective, because it's who knows you're, you're in the Island. It's going to be late night. It's wonky. Give me Hawaii to win it out. Right. San Diego state sucks. We're back. Baby plus
1: six on the Island never dies. We'll be watching this late night, Saturday always and forever Island. We take Hawaii. It's what we do. Even though it hasn't been working this season, it's stupid as hell to do. Once again, we're doing it, baby. It's sticking that to my
0: principles, baby. Yeah. At yes. dawn, we yes. ride. Yes. Uh, I'll be back with more content over these next couple days. We'll be talking hoops. Shout out Isaiah Stevens, McKenna Hofschild, both names, the Mountain West preseason players of the year, respectively on the men's and women's side. So it's going to be a fun, fun season. Um really looking so forward to getting more into this Boise State game. Obviously we'll have post-game coverage as well. Much love y'all. Dre, thank you. Shout out to Tiff on the board always proud to be. Peace.